What kind of zombies are we after here? <laughs> the real ones are the made up ones in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us for Coffee, Rants, and All Things Christian. I'm David Harris, and joining me today are Daniel, John Seth, Skyler, and Mike. We're going to dive right into our coffee segment today. I've brought in a coffee from Third Wave Coffee. It's a Colombian coffee. It's a wash process, and I'm going to let them take a drink and tell me what they think. What's the name of it? The company is Third Wave Coffee. Is not it have, to be confused It's not like with. a Mary... What was the Mary one? <coughs> Proud Mary Proud Coffee. Proud Mary. This doesn't have a name. No, no, no. This, that, is, that is the company name. On pipe, sorry. It's not just like a label. So John equivalent to like Duncan. Drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Duncan, yeah, definitely third wave coffee shop. <laughs> John Seth has spilled his coffee. Mike is face palming right now. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's an understatement for the tasting notes. Oh. This is not going to taste good with my Dr. Pepper. It is thoughts, Daniel. It's good. Uh, strong. It's really strong. It's pretty strong. Making me sweat a little bit, to be honest. Aftertaste, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> what would their t- tasting notes be? Plum and butterscotch. No. Not, no. Yeah, I don't really get that. Uh, burnt butterscotch, maybe. <laughs> burnt butterscotch. Hey. Um, I actually like it. I'm surprised. It it grows on you. I mean, after the the first sip is just, it's like with all the coffees you guys bring in, it's the first sip. It's a shock. Takes me back a minute. And And the second and the third. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. I actually, I really like it. I give it a, I give it a five out of 10. So you said this is a, that's hard. It's a washed, sorry, washed process process. Yeah. So I don't know that much about the processes, but basically there's three main processes they do with the green coffee beans before they're like roasted. Washed is when they actually wash this fruit and then I guess they extract the coffee beans. The, the washing process takes the meat off of the right. beans. I'm right? pretty sure. I could be wrong. And then natural is when they leave it out in the sun. I think they let it like rot right. and then they collect them. And then honey process is somewhere in the middle. I don't yeah. really know. But anyway, wash process typically is like, they call it like cleaner Whereas natural process is more, uh, I don't know, usually like fruitier and stuff. Did you make so, this on a pour over or is this a drip? No, that's drip coffee. Just in my coffee pot. At I home. feel like I would like this more if it was a pour over. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It has a more like a wood flavor to me. I don't know. Just kind of <laughs> bit of an oaky after. Little, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Michael Scott. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you said that right when Daniel took a sip. That was amazing. That was dangerous. <laughs> All right. Well, not much to say there, I guess. I think That's it's good. pretty good, but. This is not local? This is not local. Okay. Yeah. And their website is really weird. Not that any of our listeners would actually order this coffee, but if you want to, the website is third-wave.coffee. That's the website. Kind of weird. So. Hey, well, we know all about the it. dashes and websites here at PBCLC-everything. So. Slash, right? Yeah, Wait, slash new slash, dash here. Yeah, slash new dash here. That's right. I'm still waiting for Skylar to take the dash out so that on a Sunday morning they have to slash new da- slash new here. It would just <laughs> yeah, sound yeah. so wrong to say it at this point. Yeah. I thought about it just to throw them off. Yeah, seriously. Got to keep them on their toes. 
So moving to our mystery index card for the day, Mike's going to read the topic for our banter discussion. All right. Of all of the, uh, this is kind of a two-parter. So what is the best chicken sandwich out on the market and why? Come on. Oh, okay. We, oh, we that was starting. That, that was okay. Yeah. That. <laughs> that was okay. the two parts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, and there, and there may be some follow-up here. Okay. It just depends on there's, how this goes. There's, there's no other answer. Okay. Chicken sandwich, Chick-fil-A. Mm, there's okay. no other better chicken sandwich on the market. I have to say. And it's Christian. You have to say. Right. It's blessed. I have to say. Popeye's has changed my mind Dear on Lord. what the best chicken sandwich in the world is. Because I think Popeye's ch- spicy chicken sandwich is the best fast food chicken sandwich in the world. Wow. That's I, a pretty bold statement there. Please dude. pray for Dave. I would, I would definitely put Chick-fil-A third. Dear, I dear would I would be deciding between Zaxby's kick and, and Popeye's. Is it the kick and chicken? I, I would feel do like the we're kick and chicken. However, Jesus. Me too. <laughs> however, their chicken sandwich that they good. have is good. Yeah. Yes. The one we had together. Yeah, yeah. Which but I I would say they ha- Zaxby's has gotten into together. The Did you guys go on a date? And <laughs> <laughs> we went to a prism music choir music uh sure. sounds like a date. <laughs> <laughs> We, we well we we did pick up the nursery chair <laughs> from my house. Yep, that is true. This is not this okay. is not looking good for us right this now. This is how controversy starts. Yeah. These we are the shopping said, as well. Which two now? Which two? So Zaxby's now has they are in the chicken sandwich controversy. You know they right. call it the signature. It is the signature Zaxby's chicken sandwich, right. which is different than the kick and chicken sandwich, which was already great. Yes, the kick and chicken sandwich at Zaxby's right. was great. Agreed. However, their the actual chicken sandwich at Zaxby's is is pretty good. I mean, I haven't gone through the drive through line at Zaxby's in town in a while because it goes, you know, to Panera. Seriously, right such a long one. But Popeyes is good too. I just I don't I don't go to Chick Fil A for the chicken sandwich. I mean, I, I know that's controversial, but I'm with you. It's now, fine. I. It's just not the best. I will say Popeye's is the best. Zaxby's is second best. Chick-fil-A is third for me. Uh, but there's a lot to be said for availability. That is Popeye's yeah. like, you know, it's kind of a gamble. It's hit and miss. Are they, gonna have, are they going to have any chicken that day? You know, you never know. Right. It's, it's valid. And, and in the summertime, you can only get a peach milkshake at Chick-fil-A. That is awesome. To go with your chicken sandwich. Now, I know that wasn't the question, but... You you can be assured that you will get a chicken sandwich at Chick Fil A every time, right. and it will be in a efficient. timely manner. Yes. yes, and you can get Chick Fil A sauce there because Zaxby's. But you their can only get two now. Are just terrible. No, they stopped that. Not yesterday. <laughs> I got eight. <laughs> Three days ago, I got eight Chick Fil A sauces. Wow. Wow. Okay. So here's my question: When Chick Fil A, they come out with these great milkshakes, right? And then they go to expand their menu. And they come out with a small milkshake. Who does that? Wasted time. It's like they they had a milkshake on the menu. Right. And then who adds a small? If you're going to add something to your menu, you always go larger. No. I can't. I would always get the smallest size they have for like a milkshake. There's so much. Why would you do that? Because there's so much sugar in it. Like. Oh I'm happy gosh. with like. Why a are you getting a milkshake? <laughs> right. Because they're delicious. Right. <laughs> for the sugar, 
Yes. <laughs> but you want the smallest amount yes. of sugar that you can possibly get. Absolutely. Oh, that's just something is just that not doesn't right. make any sense at all about that. Chick fil A or die. <laughs> John Seth is like he's so getting offended. Yes. About he's angry. Listen. Chick-fil-A is undeniably the best fast food restaurant Absolutely. on the planet. Like, I agree. Undeniably. They're so overall, fast. Overall, overall fast over, food. Overall, yeah. I completely agree. They're so friendly. They're so efficient. They've always got everything. Yeah. They've never got my order wrong. But when well, you go to Popeye's go and you get the right thing, it's better. <laughs> yes. It's just very rare that I go to Popeye's and get actually what I ordered. Agreed. Just disagree. And Zaxby's is the other part is the efficiency. It's like Skylar said, ours in town the line is always like three times around the building and it takes forever. So food's great, but it just takes too long. Anybody tried the other McDonald's or I have, Hardee's you know, has one now. I have, Hardee's. I know Ooh, what, McDonald's Burger King just came out with one and they, their marketing department took some jabs at Chick-fil-A. Do we, with do we too, still, so. do we still eat at Burger King or do, what do you mean? Did still? we ever, did we ever eat at Burger okay. King? Just, just ask. Yeah. Why, why would you? Okay. I don't understand. Their dig at Chick Fil A. Oh, because they, yeah, because they came out. Burger King just right. started marketing their new chicken sandwich and made a point to tell everybody that they could get it on Sunday. Right. That might be another reason not to, but right. they didn't need another reason not yeah. to eat there. Right. So. Right. But to answer Skylar's question, I did try the McDonald's chicken sandwich. Yeah. It wasn't bad, but that would definitely be the fourth place under the top three we've already named. It was. It wasn't bad though. Really, like it was fine. When I'm thinking That's to myself, what I think when I go to McDonald's, yeah, this is <laughs> that was fine. Yeah, exactly. If Adequate. I'm thinking chicken sandwich, my mind is not. Hmm, I should go to Zaxby's to get a chicken sandwich. Hmm, I should go to Popeyes to get a chicken sandwich. No, my mind says go to Chick Fil A and get a chicken sandwich because it's the best. You also like Gosh. bologna and cowtail. Yeah, and disgusting. You we know what I find interesting about all of these conversations is that the 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 Chicken place that started it all is not even in the conversation with regard to chicken sandwiches. Wait, and that would it? be Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay, nobody, nobody ever. Made but it. they have a chicken sandwich. Yeah. They have, it, but I it's never involved in the. Conversation. I have not tried that one. Okay, yeah, I, I would. You know what we should do? Just we, we're just going to leave the podcast, <laughs> and we just need to go and get some chicken. Seriously, sandwiches. that's right. I'm a little hungry now. KFC's on their commercial. They say something about like we started the game, right? And I was like, right. well, I just. I never got. And then you got beat at your game, and now only never mind. Never mind. (laughs) Popeyes is just better in every way. Agreed. You know, except for service and you know efficiency. Right. He's talking about cleanliness. Better than KFC in every way. I agree. I only (laughs) the only time that I well, I go to KFC when Popeyes is out of is out of chicken. Yeah. (laughs) I say okay, never mind. I'll 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 go to KFC. John Seth is out, man. He's taking the headphones off. He's leaving. He spilled most of his coffee, so he's got to refill it. That's oh, what's okay. happening. Is this where I would cue the elevator so. music again? No, I think you could. we could cut that. I mean, break it and then start the next segment. Because you'll have to trim that down, too. That got kind of ponderous. Is there any pickles or no pickles? No pickles. Double pickles. No. Extra pickles. <laughs> yes. I don't care either way. No pickles. I, um, well, a little. Well, it used to be that if you ordered a Chick Fil A sandwich with extra pickles, then you would get a newly freshly made Chick Fil A sandwich because mm, they had to. Yeah, had to make yours right fresh because they right. Uh, 
But I don't know if they still do that. They may just take an old one and throw a shit pickles on. Yeah, they used to, like my friends used to tell me the trick at McDonald's was say, I want fries with no salt. So they had to make new ones and you just add your own. Yeah, but then they had other things in there like, I don't know, their own saliva because they just had to make a new French fry bag. Fair enough. Brittany worked there, she told me. Oh, nice. Uh, Gross. We're going to move on to the next segment of the podcast where we continue our series on the church. This week's topic, we want to answer the question, why does church membership matter? Good question. That is a good question. (laughs) It matters a lot. Well, first of all, I think that we need to to understand um, the the concept of church membership is is in is cultural. There's a cultural context um, that the phrase church membership carries with it when it's mentioned in certain times, and and so like for us in in our cultural context, church membership has really come to to mean in many cases just kind of having a name on a on a role or something, and that's kind of identifies the church. But that isn't necessarily how it's always been identified. The the church um, has has just uh, been this entity. Uh, we we talked about what is a church. Uh, uh, People who have given their hearts and their lives to Christ, they've embraced the finished work of Christ on his cross, they place their trust in him, and then they begin to gather together. And and the gathering always, you know, initially the gathering defined the church. And so by baptism, you were you were baptized into the church, and then through communion, you identified with that church. You covenanted together uh, with the 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 people in your city to be the church. And so so church membership isn't necessarily something that you see explicitly spelled out in the scriptures, but it's inferred throughout the entirety of the New Testament. And so so I, I just jotted a couple of things down. Um, why does church membership matter? Well, um, the the I guess a, a, another way, would that be the same as saying, well, why, why does the church matter? Um, why should I belong to the church? Yeah. Yeah, why should um, yeah. I belong would be a better. Yeah, because because well, I mean, in, in Ephesians five, Paul kind of lays it out for us, and he tells us that that Christ died for his church. Um, husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So so Christ gave his life for the church. So the concept of the church is certainly significant. In scripture. Um, and, and as we've said before, you've got the universal spiritual church that transcends ages and geographical boundaries and all of those things. But that spiritual church is manifested physically in the local gathering. And so everything that the, 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 the big church does is funneled through and manifested in the, the local gathering. So, so when we apply that principle, Christ died for the local gathering called the church. Um, he, he is the one who established the church. Um, Matthew 16, 16, he, you know, um, Jesus says to his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says on this rock, on that statement, on that confession of faith, I will build my church and not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. So, so we have the establishment of the church by Jesus himself. We have Christ's love for the church, um, from Jesus and then reiterated by Paul. And so, so those two things right there should at least give us the mindset that, Hey, when I become a believer, there's going to be something that I'm going to belong to. Um, I'm going to belong to this thing called the church, um, established by Jesus, uh, paid for by, by the blood and, and body of Jesus. I mean, so, so it, it's certainly something significant 
in the gospels and then in the rest of the new Testament, um, that it is assumed and then commanded. We can talk about those in, in just a, a just a minute as well, but that kind of gets us thinking, okay, what, if I'm a Christian, why do I need to belong to a, a church? Well, uh, if, if you're a Christian, then theoretically you're loving the things that Christ loved. And it's very clear that Christ loved his church enough to get himself for. One of the things that you, uh, you see in the new Testament, I, I would say <clears throat> is the uh, apostles did their ministry through the church, right? Um, a lot of the Christian life in the new Testament is church life. Yeah. Much of the new Testament was written to churches. Exactly. Paul's Paul's letters uh, written to individuals or to churches or to groups of churches. He's pretty clear about that. Yeah. That's why I think it's safe to say that the New Testament might not define church membership in a particular cultural term, but it assumes right. church membership among those who have claimed right. Christ as Savior. Because like you said, Paul writes to the to the saints, to the believers who are right. gathered in each of these different cities. Right. And right. In, in Acts, we even see them, they're, they're counting things like conversions and they're, mm. uh, you know, Churches are sending support to other churches, uh, Antioch and Jerusalem, for instance. That's right. Uh, so, so we we kind of see a good good picture of that. And while while they're probably not keeping membership roles because you know people were dying, uh, right? They were they were keeping track of it. Paul writes and he mentions individuals in churches <laughs> in his letter because he knows that that's where they are. He knows that that's that they are members of that that's church. Mm, yeah. Right. Well, he, like he writes to Timothy and he tells Timothy to make sure that the widows are cared for. Well, which if you're writing to a, a, an entire city, I mean, somebody had to know who those widows were in order to be able to take care of them. So they had to be defined in some way. Um, and again, it's not necessarily on an Excel database, um, you know, but, but they were identified as the local church in that place and they knew who they were. Um, you know, in, in, in first Corinthians, Paul says to turn a guy out. So, so how can you get kicked out of something that doesn't exist? So it, the church had to have existed. The church had to have some means of identification, um, in order for them to admit and then disfellowship, you know, based on the circumstances of, of the individual mm-hmm. and their discipleship. Were you going to read something? David? Yeah, I was, I was just seeing what else you guys had to say, just kind of covering like what, you know, what is church membership and what does it look like in, in scripture? But I think. Uh, part of scripture in first Corinthians chapter 12 that shows no matter what time period you're talking about, what the church should look like. Um, verse 14 through 18 says for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing if the whole body were an ear where would be the sense of smell but as it is God arranged the members of the body each one of them as he chose and I was kind of going to get to the point of church membership should look like these di- this diverse group of people that all look different they've got different strengths different personalities that come together and are actively involved to edify the whole church and um, Tom Rayner in his book I am a church member he talks about the danger of approaching church membership like a country club membership. Um, Because when you approach it that way, you've got a heart of entitlement when really as a church member, you should have a heart of giving uh, of service, service, you know? Um, And so, so when you come to it with this view of like a country club, it's like tithing is like your membership dues and and things like that. And it's like, what can the, 
the leaders in the church do to serve me. I'm coming to be served and to be filled when really it should be, I'm, uh, I am a part of the body. I am an eye or a foot or whatever. And I'm yeah. coming to actively engage in the church so that who I am strengthens the body as a That's whole, good. because if John Seth is an eye and I'm a foot and I'm not doing my job, then how right. you, you see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And so that's, um, that's just what it should look like for us as church members is yeah. we are a part of the body that is vital. We need to be actively involved so that we are strengthening the church as a whole. Yeah. yeah I, I think the, I think the, uh, metaphors that the new Testament uses for the church are very helpful. Like, mm-hmm. like in Ephesians, uh, we are the bride of the church is the bride of Christ. As David just said, the church is the body of Christ in other places. Um, the church is the, the building, uh, that God is, is, is putting together. And, and if you think about that in, in those terms, if you're a part of, of the body and you're not functioning as your part, then that part of the body suffers. And if you're a Mm -hmm. building and you're a building block in a particular building and you're missing from that, then that the structure of that building is, is weakened. And, and so I think the metaphors of, of church in the New Testament, uh, not only just assume membership in the church, but they are also very helpful pictures for us. I, uh, I like how Jonathan Lehman in his book, Church Membership says, uh, earlier I said that Christians don't really join churches, they submit to them. And I think it just follows on the, what you said, David, about the fact that it's not about us getting served. It's about us serving and, and a church member Church membership is us saying, you know, I'm covenanting with this church. This is my local church. This is the church that I'm going to pour all of my effort into. This is what I want to do. Or, or this is where I want to be. This is where I want my gifts to be used. And I think when one of a part of the body isn't functioning like it should, we're out of whack. We're not, we're not functioning at full capability because, you know, we, ain't, we don't want two left feet. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh-huh. you, the quote said, you don't join a church, you, you submit, submit to, to the church. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really good. And that kind of goes into a discussion about the fact that you can be a church member that's not a biblical church member. Um, I just not to get too quote heavy in this podcast, but Tom Rainer in that same book, he says the concept of an inactive church member is an oxymoron. And so you can <laughs> right. be on a membership wow. role. You could be even the CEO Christian whatever, technically be say I am a member of Parkview or whatever, but we don't want church members that just come to be seen by other people as, Oh, they're a church goer. They contribute just financially or whatever. I mean, you contributing in all those ways are good, but the heart behind it is like, I want to be an active member of the church because the Bible describes these parts of the body as vital and you need to function in that biblical way, not just on a membership role. Jonathan Lehman gives eight ways he says eight legit ways we can submit. Like what, what, cause that's kind of vague. You know, we submit to local church and I really, really enjoy these eight. He says publicly, physically, socially, affectionately, financially, vocationally, ethically, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. I really, really like those because it just gives an overall, and we don't have time to go th- through every single one of those, but it, it, giving your all, like a church, church membership, should mean something to us. I mean, the question is, why does it matter? Well, it matters because one, it tells us pastors who we are, who's our flock, who we take care of, who we shepherd. Um, it, it helps us to know, uh, helps us to know who we need to know. Um, and secondly, for the church member, why does it matter? Uh, I think 
once you have given your all, you're all in to Christ, I think a natural overflow is that you're going to be, I, I pray for this, would that would the next step would be that you are uh, all in with his church because like Mike said, Ephesians 5, it's the bride of Christ. Mm. So when we're all in for Christ, we may want to be all in for his bride as well. Right. And I think these eight ways give you eight legitimate ways that you could I don't, be a good yeah. church member. I don't know. Yeah, I like the submitting thing that you mentioned there. I, 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 Ephesians 5 reminds us that it's it's a covenant. It's a commitment. Yeah. Um, and so those things um, require something of us, you know. Well, that's that's what Ephesians five says is submit to one another, mm-hmm. um, yep. and so just as Christ. So the the whole the whole concept of covenant, uh, really, really, when it comes to church membership, I, I think one of the things that that we could really embrace and maybe uh, maybe be more intentional about is taking ownership in that covenant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, good. You, you kind of take ownership in what God is doing in the local church, so that when you refer to your church, you're not it's not them, it's us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because we, we've taken ownership that's in that. That's good. Go Daniel. I think one uh, one thing we might be good to note is that um, church membership means a lot of different things to different denominations. So as True. as Southern Baptist, you know, Parkview is a Southern Baptist church, um, when we talk about church membership, we're talking about regenerate church membership. We believe that we're baptized into the membership of the church. So that that assumes some things like uh, like faith and trust in Christ uh, and we're, we're baptized by immersion before we're, uh, before we're a member of a Baptist church. Um, and that, that idea of a, a regenerate church membership, a, a body of believers that's, you know, every one of us has been saved. Um, that's not necessarily what other church uh, memberships look like in other denominations. Uh, so that's, that's kind of a Baptist distinctive for us. It Dunk is. And, and that Baptist distinctive kind of drives so many of the other things. And, and it's, and, and a lot of that sure. is centered on the church, um, because it is important in the New Testament. Like, like I said, the New Testament assumes church membership. Once, once you're saved, they're, they, they're not going to, there, there's no assumption ever made in the salvation of people in the New Testament where they're just going to go out and just continue to live their lives as if nothing has changed. Um, they are, they are a part of, of, this following of Jesus that has been designated now as the church. And so, so it, it not only assumes it, I would go so far as to say the new Testament commands it. Yeah. Yes. In, in, yeah. in certainly Hebrews uh, 10 uh, is a, the prime example. Let's not neglect gathering together. Um, why for the, the stirring up of one another to love and good works. I mean, the, well, the, the, the world can be a very hostile place um, and it can cause great distractions for us and it can get us down um, and it can move us away from focus on the cross. And so the, the church is that mechanism uh, by which we strengthen one another and encourage one another and at times even exhort one another or admonish one another. Um, but that's, that's what it's designed to do uh, is to uh, hold each other accountable and to motivate each other to accept and perform the mission that Christ has entrusted to us. And, and so we can't, we don't do that on our own. I mean, it, it is an individual effort, but it is something that is done. I, I believe that the Bible teaches that the church is the mechanism for Christ's mission. Um, and so everything, everything, that's why we place such a heavy emphasis on, on the church and on churches, planting churches and churches partnering with other churches because, um, because the, the, the church is, is that mechanism by which we're able to, to take the gospel to the world. 
Yeah, there's no no place in the New Testament for an individual believer all yeah. on their own. There's mm-hmm. just there's just not yeah. an example of that That's because good. God's plan is for us to be gathered together as the church. So as you guys think about a healthy biblical church member, what would be characteristics that you, you would come to mind? They're here. Yeah. Oof. I had one. Yeah. Faithful. Yeah. That's what showing I up. I had a couple, but I was interested to know what well, you guys, I think, you know, just starting off, you know, church member should be regenerate. Like our yep. Baptist right. distinctive right. says like a believer. <laughs> sure. Servant hearted. Yeah. 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 Willing to do what nobody else wants to do. Yeah. yeah. And because you're servant hearted, assuming the local church is healthy, that means you're rooting for everyone in the church, especially the yeah. leadership. That's right. <laughs> you know, because if you're there to be served and then you, and again, I'm not saying there's no reason to leave a church, but if you're saying like, they're not doing the songs that I like and I'm not being fed and whatever, they won't do everything I want. That's a heart of entitlement. Yeah. And that's just not, not a sign of a healthy church member. Prayerful. Mm. pray for your pastors because this is a it's a hard gig to have um not trying to make light about just and and no and and you can do that knowing that we're praying right for that exactly Uh, absolutely i think church members should be growing disciples yeah and they should be making disciples also yeah yeah these things are all true for us also sure absolutely we're church members also right 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 and 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 so I, I think that that you know one of the the, the minimums that we we kind of think about and and I, and I know it's 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 not a model it never certainly was meant to be a, a model but there are some there are some things that uh, Eric Geiger pointed out in in Simple Church that that could be used as as irreducible minimums for for church membership I mean we I don't think it's unreasonable for the church as a whole to expect its members to gather on a weekly basis. Um, I don't think that's unreasonable um, to to uh, com- even even ask somebody why they're not gathering. I, I, because I think that that should be that that's the, the church gathered. I mean, the, the Acts two describes it. They mm. they gathered together. They did certain things together. So I, I think that we should be gathering together for worship at a minimum. But then also, I think that that added to that discipleship is a small group discussion and digging in and a specific application to personal lives and personal affinities and where we are. And so that, that takes place in the context of a small group. And and so discipleship happens at the corporate level and worship. We've, we've kind of talked about that already, but it also happens in the small group as we invest in one another and we do life together. And, and then I don't think it's unreasonable for the church to ask for some form of service to the kingdom through the church. Um, and, and, and not just through the church. I mean, there are many different ways that we can serve the kingdom outside of the church. But I think as a, as somebody who's a part of the body of Christ, I think that, that we don't do one or the other. It's not an either or, it's a both and. Mm-hmm. And so we, we find a way to, to a bare minimum worship together on a regular basis, study together and pray together and do life together on a regular basis. And then we serve together on a regular basis. Mm. And, and that might mean something different for everybody. Um, I don't know that it has to be, um, every week, but I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that it would be more than twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just, I, I just think that that's everybody's own personal, uh, walk with Christ and where they are in their own discipleship. But I, I just can't help but think 
that if you're going to love Jesus, you're going to love the things he loves. And the Bible is very clear that Jesus loves his church. Amen. And, and so I know that the institution of church has maybe betrayed people in the past. They've hurt people in the past. But listen, um, at, at some point, um, if you're going to love Christ, you're going to love his church and you're going to take ownership and you're going to be involved in it. Yeah, it's good. That's Some good. might could say that can be summed up in believe, belong, and become. Right? <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's somebody should come. Up. Yeah, that's we clever. Come. Yeah, we should. Yeah, <laughs> publish that. Two other ones that I, I thought about as far as characteristics that came to mind when I think about a healthy biblical church member is generous, mm-hmm. and and a lot of these go together. A, a yeah. servant-hearted person, they're they're going to be generous and unifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone that's who good. is not divisive. That's right. Um, someone who is a unifying voice in the church. Yeah, that's good. I can't help but think, I just had a thought, like, I hope your faithfulness as a church member is motivated by your wanting to be here and your joy to be here and to serve and not just to check off a box so that you have a say in in certain decisions and things like that. One one thing characters popped up as you're saying that was just encouraging, like someone who kind of go along with unifying, like, and, and more than just like, that was a good one, Pastor. Yeah. Uh, which you know, I enjoy getting that, and and I know Mike does too. But like, truly, just an encouraging word, on I don't know, letter, something, just to say, like, man, we're thinking about you. We 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 really we're praying for you. That that probably encourages me the most when someone lets me know they're praying for me. Yeah, and we're fortunate to be able to serve in the context of a church that um, that really uses its giftedness well. Yeah, uh, we have several folks in the church that are very intentional about encouraging yeah. that yeah. way. That's right. Um, we have folks in in the church that are very that are very generous. Some with their time more than their money. Some with their money more than their time, as yeah. their personal circumstances uh, allow. Yeah. Um, and we also have we have a, a church that will respond to a need within the church family yeah, or even in the community right. outside of the church family. We, I mean, we've just got, we've just got guys that are willing to roll their sleeves up and, and, and get their hands dirty and do the work that God has called us to. Um, and, and so, so we're just, we're really blessed to be able to serve alongside of so many folks who fit uh, the healthy church member model and have, have give, given of themselves. Um, it just, it just really is a, a joy to, to be able to work with that and yeah. to uh, be involved with that. Yeah, I would, I would agree completely with that. And as we were going through these lists of characteristics of healthy church members, I'm thinking of, of our church members here at Parkview mm. and, uh, you know, uh, just a list of names going through yeah. my head. Yeah. And it's so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I just think it's helpful to remember that, that, um, we are as Christ's church, we are stewards of his gospel. I mean, that's what Col- Colossians one twenty four kind of spells that out for us uh, a little bit, but but we, we are stewards of the gospel. He has entrusted the gospel to us. Just like he entrusted the scriptures, uh, the Hebrew scriptures to the congregation of Israel, he has entrusted the gospel of Jesus to his church. And so, um, and it takes a church. Uh, it's entrusted to the church, not just the individuals. It's been given to the church. And so we are stewards of that. And uh, I think the, the more we work together, uh, the, the, the f- faster and the and the scope of the gospel becomes more real and present in our world. That's good. Anybody have any other thoughts? Well, thanks for joining us for coffee rants and all things Christian. Don't forget about the form on our website where you can send us questions at pbclc.com slash podcast. Please follow or subscribe our podcast on whatever you listen to us on and leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next time. Yeah.